It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your co-host, James Rapine. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL, at James Rapine, at Lockdown Bengals. All very easy Twitter handles to find, and that is the best way to interact with us. Today, we're diving into another episode of Mock Draft Monday. The conference championships are going on as we record this episode on Sunday. And James, before we dive into the mock draft simulator this week, there are two big things to discuss, I think, that have happened in the last few days pertinent to Mock Draft Monday. The first, and the thing that we're going to spend a lot of time on, is Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. And the second, and I think the thing that we can start with and spend a little less time on, is the news that Detroit and Matthew Stafford are looking to part ways. They're trying to find a trade partner. And the report says that Detroit would potentially use any assets they get in the Matt Stafford trade if they have to move up for a quarterback. The Lions are picking at number seven in this year's draft. That's just two picks behind the Bengals at number five. And that opens up another trade partner for the Bengals where previously, if you're looking at the teams picking behind them, you're thinking, maybe Carolina at eight wants to come up and get a quarterback. Maybe Denver, maybe the San Francisco 49ers at 12. Recent reports have said, ah, Denver might stick with Locke. And going back to 12, that's a lot farther than going back to a pick like seven. Carolina is another team that I could definitely see moving up to get a quarterback for Matt Rule in his second year. But for the Bengals, having another trade partner who might be interested in a quarterback, if one is available at five, makes that trade back option all the more possible and all the more enticing. It's huge. And yeah, only having to move back a couple of spots. And leaping the Eagles is is significant because the Eagles are a perfect trade-down candidate. They have their quarterback of at least 2021 in Hertz or Wentz. So they, they could certainly trade down and, and still get a quality piece, much like the Bengals. And so, yeah, th- there is a possibility that the Lions would need to leapfrog Philadelphia and get to that five pick and feel good about it. The other thing this does is the more quarterbacks, obviously, that go in the top four, the better it is for the Bengals. Well, the odds of more than one quarterback, we know Trevor Lawrence is going, more than one quarterback going in that top four is uh, just one up. The, The fact that they're moving on from Stafford, they're picking seventh, they could move up to two, they could move up to three, to four, And all of those scenarios benefits the Bengals because you want the top prospects that aren't quarterbacks to fall to you at five. So, yeah, this is uh, this is really good news for Cincinnati. And it's a scenario that we're going to talk about when we get into our simulator. We're going to look to put ourselves into a very simple trade back. I think today, say 
the Bengals move from five to seven and they pick up a Lions second round pick. And the Lions might have a couple second round picks if they deal Stafford somewhere. So it's hard to say which it would be. But say it's something easy like that, something simple like that. We'll take a look at those scenarios potentially when we get into the simulator today. The other big topic to talk about, I think, James, that set at least part of Bengals Twitter on fire, the part that saw it is Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft on NFL.com. Daniel Jeremiah used to work for Ozzy in, in, in Baltimore. He, he is a former NFL scout. He is a very credible source, generally very in touch with the league. He's actually already updated his mock draft with the report that the lions are, are intending to part ways with Matthew Stafford. He has them picking a quarterback now at seven, but in his mock draft, he has the Cincinnati Bengals passing passing on Penny Sewell and instead taking a different tackle, not even for a Jamar chase, but to go for a different offensive lineman. And, and maybe offensive lineman is more appropriate than tackle because we don't know how the Bengals will see Rayshon Slater yet. Northwestern, he played left tackle has been projected by some to have a best fit at center. He has great positional versatility. I have watched him a little bit. I think he has great athleticism, James. Really has a lot of burst coming off the line of scrimmage, getting to the second level. And when he gets his hands on a guy at the second level, he's generally making that play. I think he has pretty good agility. He has some issues with change of direction when he's going in a straight line, but that's really only going to be an issue on run plays where you're asking him to try to make a cutoff block in the second level. Generally executed those pretty well for Northwestern in the game that I watched. I think he has really good balance. You don't see him end up on the ground very often. And that's a useful skill, I think. I think he has really good hands. I think his hand usage is independent, which is something that you'll hear guys like Willie Anderson talk about a lot. And I think that he has a really good grip. So there's a lot of things to like about Rashawn Slater. He's 6'3", though. He's built like Jonah Williams. And this is the this is a primary concern with Slater. If he comes out at the combine, and there's not a combine this year, but if he were to come out at the combine and measure with 34-inch arms, he, I think that a lot of these questions go away. I mean, there's still some concerns about his weight, I think. 6'3", around 300 pounds. They're, they're looking for you to be 6'5", 320, I think, at tackle, give or take. Good prospect, though, but taking him over Sewell is something that was a shock to the system for a lot of fans. It, it is, it was, but you're you're right. There is a a very real scenario, and I'm not saying it's likely, but it's certainly possible that he ends up ahead of Sewell on the Bengals board for one reason or the, another. I mean, you just went on and on about things you liked, and it, it does feel like Slater is maybe more refined would be a way to say it, right? A, a guy who's who, who might be more ready, doesn't have the physical attributes to overwhelm you physically, but has all the technical stuff down, which is does remind me of Jonah Williams, does remind me of a guy who has the versatility coming out of Alabama, right? Where you're like, man, yeah, he's he's not the biggest guy in the world, but you like what he brings and you like his work ethic and you like the, the, the things. That, and so now the question for the Bengals would be, do you want Jonah Williams on one side and Slater on the other? And, and the other part of this, I think a lot of people just assume the Bengals want to move Jonah Williams to, from left to right tackle or maybe inside. Are you, are you sure they want to do that? 
And, and that's the other question here for me, because Penesul is clearly the left tackle, but m- maybe for one reason or another, they don't have him as high on their board. I, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case, but it is a possibility. And it's one of the many draft possibilities that, that can happen. All I know is, Jake, if, if the Bengals do this, j- just based on public perception alone, they better get it right. Because no one's going to rip you for picking Penny Sewell. If you pass on Penny Sewell for another offensive lineman and he's okay or plays 10 games in two seasons like Jonah Williams, even if he's good and he looks promising and, and looks the part, then people are going to criticize you. There's no doubt, especially over the past five years, how they've struggled to get it right in the trenches. And I'm going to repeat this. I don't think that's fair. I think that preconceived notions are are way too strong in the minds of fans that are penesul or bust at offensive line. And I, I think that there's a lot of things to like about Penesul as a prospect. We're going to have to at one at some point talk about the good things about him because he is a really good prospect. And every time this comes up, it's a scenario where the Bengals don't get him. I mean, we have picked him a few times in, in our mock draft simulators, I think, but we'll have to go through the, the positives on Sewell at some point. The obvious ones are, you know, freak athlete, prototypical size, great finisher. He, he was incredibly productive at a very young age at Oregon. So plenty to like, right? And we'll, we'll get into that more another time. There are people though, James, that think that Sewell has to start his career at guard. Those people exist. The people that think the technical uh, development required would, would lead to him being best served spending a year at guard first. I I don't know if I'm there, but I do think that's interesting. Uh, It's just, it's just another point to talk about. And, the other guy, and the other thing that we haven't talked about, the other guy I want to talk about is Christian Darislaw, who I think is right in the mix with these two tackles, and he didn't take this year off. And that's a thing we, did, we didn't talk about that will be a topic of conversation when we get into the simulator coming up next. We're all hoping to get in better shape after what has been such a long, long quarantine echelon can help you get there when it comes to getting in shape staying in shape talk about hitting your new goals in 2021 with echelon they have a next generation of connected fitness bikes fitness mirrors rowing machines and their echelon stride smart treadmill no matter what your favorite fitness machines are or your favorite activity echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. So no need to mask up and sanitize up like crazy to hit the gym. You can get that same amazing workout from home with Echelon. The world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands, that's right, thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Check them out right now at echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, James, it's that time of the week. We get into our mock draft simulator this week back on the mock draft machine at the Draft Network. And in this week's scenario, last week we said we weren't going to trade back when we got into a, a bad spot picking at number five. This week, we did trade back when we got into a bad spot at five. Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase gone at two and three. The Jets sticking to their guns with Sam Darnold. And they're going to add a tackle to protect him, apparently, in Penny Sewell. And the Dolphins are looking for a weapon for Tua. And they draft Jamar Chase. Looking at our options, we talked about it a little bit earlier. The Detroit Lions, now looking for a quarterback, offer us a pick to come up two spots. And they grab a quarterback at number five. And that leaves the Bengals on the clock at number seven. Looking at guys like Jalen Waddell, Kyle Pitts, Christian Derrissaw, Rashawn Slater, Quiddy Paye, Patrick Sertain, Caleb Farley, depending on where you are at the cornerbacks. And you've also got a second round pick. Now, we don't know what they've done in free agency at this point to get here. That's always, I guess, the challenge with mock drafts in January and mock drafts in February. But we do know now that they've got a second pick in the second round, in the top part of the second round. The the challenge on top of that is that I can guarantee you the Bengals and other teams are affected by players that have opted out this year. Now, what mm-hmm. that means for Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, guys that are potential top 10 picks that opted out, we'll see. It could be that they're still top 10 picks. It could be that, hey, we, we didn't actually get to see how Jamar Chase was going to develop when he turned 20 when his body's still changing, right? Maybe he grew an inch. Who knows? Sometimes guys have late growth spurts. I don't know. And and so not getting to see that development, not getting to see two-year productivity from, from some of these guys, two-year high-level productivity, is going to have an impact on NFL teams. And it would have an impact on the Bengals too. So maybe that takes Slater off your board here at seven. Maybe, maybe that impacts how teams feel about Sewell and, and Chase. I we we don't know yet. We just know that it will have an impact. No doubt it, it will. And that's that's probably the best argument for Devonta Smith being the number one receiver in this draft class over a Jamar Chase, right? Hey, we know what he can do. He's been playing. He's played consistently for all the, the talk about his size. He's been able to stay relatively healthy outside of that thumb injury and the national championship game. That's why you roll with Smith. And and so I, I think there will be some teams maybe more comfortable with him because there's just so much more film and you're not just looking at basically a year of domination followed by a year off like you are with Chase. So that's that's going to impact things not only in the first round, but think about it as a tiebreaker in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Oh, yeah. Um, in, in not just not just that they opted out because it, it isn't that is it, to me as much as it's lack of film. So there's going to be some. Uh, you, you know, a lack of information. You you mentioned earlier in the podcast the issue with not having a combine. And, and so now it's it's going to get really dicey here in, in some of these rounds, I think. And it's going to be a really, really unique draft. The good news for the Bengals is every other team has to deal with it as well. And they'll tell you that. But it's uh, it, it's going to be a challenge. And so that part of it, it, it will be amplified and magnified in round one. But I think it's going to be even more difficult on day two 
and then day three when you're really trying to find something when there isn't as many obvious names on the board. Still over 100 underclassmen that declared for this draft, a little bit fewer than last year. So it it's, might be a little bit thin at that at that second, maybe not second, but but with the younger guys nonetheless, with the guys that there's there's more projection for. But on the clock at, at seven here, James, if you're looking at Pitts, Derisaw, a corner, maybe an edge rusher, maybe knowing that you've got that second round pick, it probably makes you a lot more comfortable taking Kyle Pitts here because you know you can get two guys at the top of the second round, right? But the guy for me, and I'm not saying that he needs to be the pick at seven, that's really standing out as a refined plug-and-play, high-ceiling, checks really all the boxes, tackle, is Christian Dereslaw. We've talked about him before. He doesn't have the size concerns that, that Slater has, and he really played nearly flawless football for Virginia Tech this year. He he looked good as a run blocker. He looked good as a pass blocker. A lot to for Virginia Tech. I don't I don't know. Maybe I said the wrong team there, but uh not a lot to dislike in his game is somebody that I think absolutely deserves top ten consideration. But Kyle Pitts, I mean, even if you just play him at receiver, I think you're looking hard at Kyle Pitts here. He's the best player available on my eyes. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, since we referred to his mock draft, Pitts is the third player on his big board that's coming out this week. I was, heard, I was listening to him talk about it. and he, he, he lasts until 12 in his mock, but he's the, the third-ranked player on his big board. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, though. Christian Darisol is, is a guy that, to me, if I'm the Bengals and I'm in this position— I I take calls again. If Darisol is my guy and it's not Slater, I take calls again. Maybe San Francisco wants to move up, right? Because I, I think you can get him in that 10 to 12 range. Like I feel good about that. And there's going to be a shift. And a lot of people are like, well, the mocks have Darisol going 17th right now. Well, that could very well change specifically what we just said. He played last year. There's more film on him. He played well. Why wouldn't he move up ahead of a guy? like Slater, and maybe or maybe not ahead of Sewell on some boards, but uh, right there close to Sewell. So I get it. But to me, if, if we're staying put here, you already have the extra pick. You've moved down two spots. It's Kyle Pitts' time, man. That, that's who I would get. We don't have to go with him. We can go with with your guy if you want. But uh, this is the, the scenario where you get Kyle Pitts, the number one tight end in the game, uh, or, or in this draft class at least, and you see what Joe Burrow can do with him. Yeah, I think that this is the exact scenario where you explore a Kyle Pitts pick and you see what that might look like for the Bengals. You're, you're going to see a run on tackles after that. So again, we're going to be sitting there in the second round and, and really hope, you know, I, I hope they addressed offensive tackle in, <laughs> in, the, in free agency, the way things are going. But we'll talk about our options at pick 37 and we've got a pick at 39 because we traded back with the Detroit Lions coming up next. When you finish that workout with Echelon, there's only one way to refuel that body, get yourself ready for summer 2021 out of quarantine and ready to hit the beach. It's Built Bar. You hear us talk about it all the time. It's a locked on Bengals movement, the Built Bar movement. The protein bars come in 18 amazing flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. It doesn't matter if you like the caramel brownie or the lemon almond cheesecake, coconut almond, carrot cake, apple almond crisp or my personal favorite, 
mint brownie, which only has 110 calories, 15 grams of protein. They're soft and easy to chew, low in sugar, low in fat, perfect for you as you try to hit those macros and get that summer bod that you've been working really, really hard for. Check them out right now. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. They taste great. They're the best tasting protein bar on the planet. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On for 20% off. By the time you listen to this episode, there will be only one NFL game left in the 2020 season, and that will be the last game of the season. And BetOnline.ag has you covered for all of the most hilarious. Super Bowl props you could ever want. We got the first weekend song performed at halftime. Will Ariana Grande or Drake or Kenny G? Wow. How about how about that range of names appear with the weekend during the halftime show? Or or maybe you think it'll be a Michael Jackson hologram. If you think any of those things are likely, you can check them out at betonline.ag. And get your money in there. Get in on the action. BetOnline.ag is the only place we trust for our sports betting needs. And they've got you covered with the NBA if you're into the NBA with that coming up. Hey, baseball season, spring training, just around the corner already. And March Madness will be coming our way pretty soon too. So even after football season, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Go check them out. Right now, we've got a 50% welcome bonus for you if you use promo code Locked On when you sign up on your first deposit. That's Bet Online with promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. James, for the first time in a few weeks, I feel like we've got some options that I'm like ecstatic for in the second round. I'm very excited for, and that's regardless of whether or not they've addressed offensive line and free agency but the disclaimer always is let's get an offensive lineman or two in free agency because we cannot rely on the draft and rookies to go in there and and fix this offensive line situation you can't rely on Joe Mixon man Joe Mixon has been put forward as as better than the Bengals best offensive lineman in terms of protecting Joe Burrow because if they fix the run game, apparently that somehow equates to pass protection. Well, let's go get some guys instead. And here's the thing, James. We have some picks here. We, we can make our choice at 37. In this particular example of the mock draft, and I have seen this happen, Sam Cosme from Texas, who I would have drafted in the second round last year, is available with the Bengals on the clock at 37, or if you like Liam Eichenberg better, you can go with the tackle from Notre Dame, or maybe they've addressed tackle in free agency, James, and they want to go guard. You can go Trey Smith. You can go Alabama's uh, Landon Dickerson. If, if you don't care that he can't play for a year, or you could go Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, all those guys available here, but I'm looking hard at offensive line, not really even looking at some of these other guys that are available because well, frankly, that's that's the position that we're in as the Bengals. And this is the argument against taking an offensive lineman in the first round and, and getting something in free agency. One, all the uncertainty of the offseason and stuff. But two, it's, it's kind of deep at tackle. It's uniquely deep at tackle this year. And we're seeing that right now. 
because Sam Cosme, sign me up. Liam Eichenberg, okay, I, I could get on board with that too. You're, you're talking about two guys in round one that could start. Obviously, Sam Cosme, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. We've taken him in, in at least one other mock that I can remember. Let's do it. Let's get Cam- Sam Cosme and, and roll with that. Because even if you did sign a Trent Williams, even if you did sign Taylor Moten, whoever, you're telling me Cosme can't kick inside? You're, you're telling me that, that he can't give you some, some depth? Of course he can. And he might start as a, uh, as a rookie. So let, let's do that. Let's go that route. I, of course, am absolutely thrilled to be picking Sam Cosby in the second round. But then we get to pick again right away, James. We're back on the clock at 39 and again. I mean, we, we pretty much have the same options, right? There's been one player picked, Eric Stokes, a cornerback from Georgia, who's a cornerback that is a good prospect, goes 38 to Philadelphia, and then we're back on the clock at 39, and at this point, you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe you get another offensive lineman. You look at interior offensive lineman options, Creed Humphrey, Deontay Brown, the giant from Alabama, Trey Smith, Ben Cleveland, all going to be likely day two interior offensive line draft picks, or, you know, you've got offense twice at this point. There's a clear need for this team at edge rusher. They need some additional depth there. They need some guys that can really get after the passer. This was a a deficient area for the team in 2020. And it wasn't just because of their edge players. Sam Hubbard dealt with injuries and Carl Lawson was good. They also need interior defensive line help, but this draft is not going to be known for its depth at interior defensive line. And with Christian Barmore unavailable, he'll be most likely a first round pick. The pickings get pretty slim for a a three tech, a a five tech, a pass rushing kind of guy. And you're looking at more nose tech, two way go nose tackle kind of players. So if you look at the edge players available, Aziz Ojulari just got picked. One pick before we picked Sam Cosme. Jalen Phillips from Miami, the edge rusher, got picked at 34. But still some really attractive options at edge rusher here, James, and guys like Jason Owa from Penn State, Joe Tyron from Washington, Carlos Basham from Wake Forest, and, and even Quincy Roche from Miami. A lot of pretty attractive options here if they want to go the edge rusher route. And I would love that, right? Because you you protect Joe Burrow, and then you, you've already gotten him another weapon. Who knows what they've done in free agency? Now you need to get after the quarterback. The, the problem is a guy like Oa doesn't have great production in college, and so you're you're banking on him developing. Um, I know Mel Kiper Jr. over the past week speculated and, and wondered why Oa came out as when he did because he could have potentially risen up draft boards in 2022, and then Tryon's an opt out guy. He's a guy that uh, had eight sacks in, in 2019, didn't come back this year. So you wonder there. So he was productive, but he's had a year off. And, and so those are are certainly two guys that would address a need. I understand it, but there are there are questions, to say the least, about both guys. And that's that's the difficulty of this draft. It's going to be the farther you go, the, the later you get in the draft, there's going to be more question marks, more concerns, more just – more thoughts, I guess, uh, in one direction or the other about who you're going with. But the, those would be the, the two things there. One guy opted out, the other guy, um, obviously some lack of production there um, for Penn State. And, and so those would be the two concerns for those guys. 
Just to pay some lip service to the interior defensive line before we make a pick here, Allie McNeil from North Carolina State had a fantastic 2020 season and is 6'2", 320 pounds, so there's some natural levers there. A shorter guy on the interior defensive line, uh, which everybody who's a Bengals fan is going to think about Geno Atkins when you think about a guy who (laughs) isn't, you know, 6'4", 6'5", in there. And he's got a really good first step. He's pretty good as a run defender. And he's doing it from from nose tech alignments at North Carolina State. So you could easily project him, I think, to to be a three tech in the NFL with that first step and the ability to cross faces. But at the same time, I mean, Jason Owa from Penn State, yeah, there's some productivity concerns. Maybe he needs to start like Carl Lawson did. And, and be a situational, you know, he's going to come on the field in third downs. He's going to be in your pass rush package as a rookie and grow into full-time play in the NFL. And in Lou Anarumo's hybrid system, I think a, a guy with his athleticism reportedly could run 4-4 at, at, at defensive end as an edge rusher kind of player. I mean, that's that's some speed to burn, man. So, I think that there is a schematic fit potentially with Oa long-term. If they continue to do the three, four hybrid stuff, I think that could make a lot of sense. So Oa for me is, is really attractive here at 39. And if you come away from the first, I guess, 40 picks of the draft with Kyle Pitt, Sam Cosby and Jason Oa, not knowing what they've done, in free agency, maybe they've added a, a lower end, a lower tier wide receiver. Maybe they've added some sort of offensive line help as well. I feel like those are significant additions in areas of need where you're also getting good value in in this draft. And that's why the, the trade back, if you're taking Kyle Pitts, is so vital, right? When you're talking about value. Uh, it, it's also why if you're going to, Go the route we did right with with Pitts in in the that first selection of picks. You you need to add offensive linemen in free agency because you can't just say, all right, Sam Cosme, you're the man with Jonah Williams and you know Xavier Suafilo and whoever. Like that that's concerning still, right? And, and the other thing worth noting, most of the the receivers there wasn't really a receiver in the the thirty nine range or thirty seven range for that matter that was uh, worth considering. But uh, I know I'm fine with it. I'm just saying there there are some concerns there. But the later you get in the draft, the less the less you're going to ask of these guys initially. And I agree with you. If they can just have a couple situational pass rushers, guys that can help Carl Lawson, assuming they keep him, uh, a guy that can help uh, make life easier for Sam Hubbard. You're hoping DJ Reader's healthy and can get some interior push. Then uh, you, you could see this defensive line be much better than it was in 2020. There will also probably be some needs in the secondary. We could have looked corner there. Asante Samuel Jr. was an option that I really like at the top of the second round. Are some size concerns with him, so we'll have to see how he tests. But I think that doing something to shore up the pass rush really helps. And you do have at least some starters there. You assume Carl Lawson is back. I'm hoping, assuming he's back, Sam Hubbard will be there on the other side. So you get DJ Reader back. You you maybe get Josh Tupo back on the interior defensive line. You definitely need something else there. But those are two good pieces. And now you've got some depth at edge rusher. 
You need some depth at corner, certainly on the defense somewhere in the process to, to go along with these guys that we've talked about. But you added a weapon on offense. You added offensive line on offense. I, I think you can feel reasonably good about missing Penny Sewell and still coming away with that sort of draft haul. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We've got the Senior Bowl this week. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about with Senior Bowl action. Some of the only in-person looks the Bengals will have at some of these players headed into the 2021 draft. Until tomorrow, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.